I've got a quote for you this morning from a guy named Sam Keen. He says this, The still, small voice of God never calls on me to be like another man. It appeals to me to rise to my full stature and fulfill the promise that sleeps within my being. As God speaks to me, and shows me things, reveals things to me, he has a much bigger idea of what he wants Andrew to step into. And this morning, we're going to think about the still part of the still small voice, that stillness that's required as we quiet our heart and our soul to be able to hear what God has to say as we're learning. And so we're going through this series called Still Small Voice, and we're slowly moving through answering some of the questions that you've sent in about how do I hear God's voice, what does God's voice sound like, and all sorts of other reasons or other questions that you had. We're just slowly marching through. So don't get anxious. We're just going to take our time as we move through. And lots and lots of stories, because stories carry God's truth. And there's some really fun ones. I can't wait for a few of my friends to share with us. In fact, I'm going to have Kayla Rogers come up. And um, that's right. Kayla's a high school student. Oh, she's got her own microphone. Great. Um, she's a high school student and my friend, most importantly. So hi, Kayla. You're going to share with us a little story about one of the times that God spoke to you. Yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah. So good morning, everyone. Um, I'm Kayla. And yeah, so about two years ago, when I was still living in Kona, Hawaii, I was at this youth camp called Commissions. And during the camp one night, we were in this worship set, and I was just really just hungry for God's presence and really wanting to be able to speak in tongues. And so I was just like really desperate for it and asking God for it and stuff. And he was um, just telling me to ask one of my friends to pray for me because she had received the tongues before, and um, she was going to be part of the process of me having it. So I asked her, would you pray for me? And she did. And so she started praying for me, and soon I was just like, spirit was on me, and I was just started speaking out in tongues. And it was amazing. It was like the best <laughs> thing ever. So good. Um, so while that was happening, I was just like enjoying God's presence and things. And then he was like, okay, Kayla, now that you have this, like, this was my moment for you to have this, but now I want you to go speak in tongues and prophesy over one of your friends, one of your other friends. Ooh. And I'm like, wait, Lord, like, you just gave this to me. Like, I don't even know how this works. Like, um, can we enjoy this and stuff? But he was like, no, like, this is my timing for you to go use this for someone else. Um, so he was telling me one of my friends, her name is Flora, she was in my cabin during the camp, uh, and he was just telling me that she was going through a lot and that she really needed breakthrough, and there was a lot of, like, uh, just stuff internally that she needed healing from. And so he was like, can you go um, pray and speak in tongues over her? So I was like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> yes, all right. So I walk over to her and I just ask her, like, can I do this? Because it's, it's a little strange. Um, and she said yes. 
So I start speaking, uh, speaking in tongues over her and just like prophesying over her. And I'm just like um, letting God move and stuff. And once I was finished, I like just looked up and I saw that like tears were running down her face. Um, and she was crying. And I have no idea what I said because it's in another language. That's part of the gift of tongues. But I felt like in that moment, God was telling me that I was actually um, speaking her native tongue of Kashayan, because Flora is Kashayan, and that's part of the like Polynesian um, culture in Hawaii. And so it was just like, wow, like I this was definitely God's moment for me to have this gift, and it was crazy that He wanted me to share it with someone else. So that's an amazing story. Yeah, you could clap for her if you want. So some of these people just totally freaked out when you said tongue. Let's just like, call, like shoot all the elephants in the room. Some of you just freaked out inside because you've never experienced that before. And now you're worried that someone's going to come pray over you in tongues. Don't worry. We're going to respect where you're at. But I love the fact that you wanted this gift. You know that this is a spiritual gift that you knew would be a blessing to you. And when you received it, you weren't freaked out, were you? A little bit. You were, but, but it wasn't like, it was like, oh no, that just happened to me. Yeah. And now I'm bummed that it happened. It ended up being a blessing. But God immediately wanted you to use that gift to build someone else up, right? Because yeah. oftentimes, those of us with the gift of tongues will use that, that prayer language. And, it, and it, when I don't know what to pray, this is what I'll do. I will use this, this prayer language. And I don't understand what it means, um, but this is what this is. But in this case, he was challenging you to step out in faith. I mean, this was... Were you like a little bit like nervous? Yeah, a little bit. I was kind of worried that she was going to say no or something because it's just weird. It's different, right? And yeah. so, but you were faithful and what did the fruit, the fruit was good, right? Yeah. And that was great. So um, thank you, Kayla, for sharing this morning. <laughs> great job. Yes. You can head on down there. Um, here's the point. The point is that if, as we're going after hearing God's voice, he might say something to you that you don't expect. He might say something to you that's kind of hard to hear. But it won't be condemning. It will be the kindness of God. Even if he's calling you to change your mind and your ways, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And no one is going to make you feel less than if you haven't received this gift of tongues, by the way. But I love the fact that, Kayla, you shared that story because that was a gutsy move right there. But it shows that our God is a wild God. He's a wild God, and he wants to take you on this journey. Learning to hear his voice is starting you out on a new kind of journey where you're listening and you're constantly looking to see where God's working so you can join him in the work and be hearing and getting his nudges from behind. That is the life that I want to live. It's the life to the fullest that Jesus has called us to and he invites us to. And the great news is we're all learning together. And so there's no right way to do this. But as we go, there's so much grace for you to learn. And so um, I want to remind you of a few of our building blocks for hearing God's voice. And uh, throw that one to me, Rhonda. Great job. 
This is absolutely the first and the best building block, I think. It's humility. And it's interesting that with humility comes wisdom, says Proverbs 11.2. If anyone lacks wisdom, let, let him ask of God who gives generously. And so oftentimes asking for wisdom means that you're asking, God, will you speak to me? Will you show me what's true? And give me stillness. There is stillness right there. This is one that we're going to focus on actually this morning. And the idea that being still and knowing that God is in control. He's the one who has answers for us. He has direction for us. He has blessing for us. And the pure in heart shall see God. Oftentimes, I think we don't understand how important it is to live rightly before God. Does this mean that God is asking you to be perfectly perfect, to be able to hear his voice? No, because that's not possible. But as much as we can, living in that clear space, as if I'm looking through a window and I would want to wash the window first to be able to see clearly on what God is showing me outside the window. And lastly, is perseverance. And this one is to keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking on the door and it will be open to you, Jesus says in Matthew 7. And I would also add, keep your eyes on Jesus. When you want to hear his voice, I loved what Michael did. He said, picture the face of Jesus, always smiling, always loving, always speaking, always showing you something. And so that perseverance means when I don't feel like I'm hearing, if you will, if I'm not sensing what God is doing, then, well, then I'll just continue to picture Jesus. And I think that he will then show me what's happening. Psalm 62 verses 5 and 6 says, my soul waits in silence. Wait in silence for God only, for my hope is from him. He is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be shaken. All of the scriptures, we see this command to wait on the Lord. And waiting, I think, implies listening. It's really hard to wait. It's really hard to stay persevering in stillness and waiting to see, God, what is it that you have to say about this situation, about this person, about where I am, about what's next? Now, um, Stephen Diaz, come on up. He's close by. Um, Stephen was sharing some words with us a few minutes ago. And um, I want to ask him just one question. Okay. Thank you, Stephen, for coming up and joining me. Um, yes. For you, you have learned to be able to just listen to God in the moment, right? Because some of us, we, we have to spend a little time like quieting ourselves and everything. But you've gotten to a place where you can hear God pretty clearly, pretty quickly. Tell me about that, because that, that's a pretty neat thing that, you, that you've continued to pursue with your heart. Yeah, I think like, the, I, I was kind of just getting an analogy. I mean, have you ever been like on a Zoom call and like you get a text message and you're still kind of paying attention to the Zoom call, but you're, you're kind of also paying attention to the text message. Like I'm on a Zoom call, business meeting. Chelsea's like, I'm locked out of the car. What's going on, right? Like, 
it's kind of like that. So I think when we talk about stillness, a lot of people are like, I got to go sit in silence for eight hours to hear the voice of God. But God is so relational. Like he is speaking all the time. In the Bible, he spoke through a burning bush. He spoke through a donkey. Like he will use anything to speak to you if you are listening. But sometimes it's just like right now, you know, I'm, I'm talking to you guys, but he might be saying something over here. And I'm kind of just also listening to that. And I think you, I mean, in case people missed the last couple weeks, there's a couple really helpful analogies that's helped me on my journey. It's just like, um, do you get the pizza analogy? I think that was... Yeah, Chelsea did, but give it again. Okay, so the pizza one. So when you hear people like talking about, oh, I see this, I see that, like sometimes they're actually seeing, you know, faith. Like say a big word over the church, right? But sometimes it's just, uh, I call it the canvas of the mind. Okay, so if you just right now, as you're listening to me with your eyes open, you're not closing your eyes, you're not spending hours in prayer, can you picture like a piece of pizza right now as I'm talking in your head? Mm. Kind of just in there. So good. That's the canvas of your mind. You see the pizza? Yep. Now rotate the pizza around. Look at the yep. crust. Mm. Look at the cheese. It's got pepperoni mm. on it. So good. Okay, that's the canvas of your mind. Now, as I'm talking, as you're talking, God will paint there on the canvas of your mind. Okay, erase the pizza real quick. Okay. Okay, God, yep. put a picture on everyone's canvas right now. Oh, cookie monster. Cookie monster. Yeah. Okay, now here's the key. Okay, here's the key. When you get a thing like that, yep. It's like a Kleenex box, yep. okay? You get the little tip of the Kleenex. Yep. Yep. So you gotta dig on, you gotta pull on it, okay? So you ask God. Yep, he's creating, God is creating right now in you a hunger for something so sweet as his word. Ooh. And it's something that you feel like you can't actually have, but you can have this. In fact, he wants you to have it, and he's inviting you to it. Did the Cookie Monster, is that the guy, did he live in the trash? Or is that the guy? No, no, no. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. But you see that no. random thought I had? Yeah. There was probably a word there, okay? Like what you thought was dirty is actually, like what your mess is could actually become your message, right? Mm. So like we're getting this thing. So God is so relational, but he's relational. He's not gonna give you, like when I said, hey, put a random picture on their canvas, like you may have gotten a random thing. Like someone got like an elephant. Someone got, you know what I mean? You gotta ask questions. It's just like a relationship. So like we, I, this is just like, these are not official terms, but I call that first picture, that's like first level revelation, mm -hmm. okay? If you wanna go deeper, you can go super deep. You just go, God, why, what, what about that, why? And you just ask questions. And then the second thing that uh, I think you said was just say your name in your head, like say Stephen Diaz in my head. Like that's a lot of times when you, when you hear her saying, God said this, it, it sounds a lot like that voice of you just saying your own name. So when you're asking yeah. these questions, just whatever's coming to your head, you go yep. deeper, you go first yep. level, second level revelation, third level revelation, and then we call it heavy revy. Heavy revy. Heavy revy. You're like, Ooh. oh my goodness, I didn't realize Cookie Monster connected to my father <laughs> and my childhood, all these things, right? Right, right, and we could go deeper, And so yes. a lot of people are hearing all the time. God is speaking all the time. Yep. Like I could look at this plant and get a prophetic word for someone. I could just like, so this is how like, if I'm like trying to dig in, I'm just like, God can speak to me through this rug, you know? I, like he's always speaking to me, right? And so it's, it, there's these little Kleenex <laughs> things all over. Like you see someone they, and, and you, you, they kind of are familiar looking. Like they remind me of this person. That's a little tip of Kleenex. Pull on it. What about this person is true about that other person that they remind me of? This happened to me in church. This guy, he reminded me of... Uh, like I, I grew up skateboarding, so God will speak your language, right? Yep, that's right. So this guy, he was sitting over here. He reminded me of this professional skateboarder that got injured um, and paralyzed, actually. 
And I felt like I was supposed to pray for this guy. And actually, I also had like a sympathetic pain during, during worship in my Ooh. shoulder. Okay. Um, this is a couple years ago. And then we're praying at the end. And I felt like God was like, he's going to leave right away. Right? So this guy just starts booking it at the very end of service. And so I grabbed my buddy Colton at the time because he was learning all this. I was like, come with me. You know? And uh, this guy had like tons of tattoos. And uh, Colton had tons of tattoos. So I was like, this will be, he'll like this guy. And uh, we caught him in the lobby. And uh, we, I was like, hey, this is, this is a great way to start with people. And just like, hey, this is super random. But like, I'm learning to hear the voice of God. And I felt like I had something encouraging to share with you. That's, That's a right. great way to start. It's super humble. And like, people aren't freaked out. Like you're going to just like call out all their dirty laundry, right? Right. And so I was like, I don't know, this is super random, but like, do you have like a pain in your shoulder? Like maybe it was like a skateboarding accident or something. And this guy's eyes just like, he's like, yeah, I, I fell on my skateboard a long time ago. I've had my shoulders hurt ever since when I ride my motorcycle. Like it, I ride up to paradise. It hurts every time. And so we're like, God's going to heal you. We put our hands on his shoulder and literally, like Colton, hand, this guy was wearing a leather jacket. Our hands started to get like warm on his shoulder. It was like so hot that Colton had to pull his hand off this guy's shoulder. <laughs> and his shoulder got healed right in the lobby because we were paying attention over here, right? You might not be daydreaming during the service. Yes. Let's, let's not be religious about right. it, right? right? Don't let the enemy cause shame. Oh, you're thinking about your business or, oh, you're thinking about this random person during the service, he might be speaking to you. So it's okay yeah. to have conversations in your head, pull on that cleanest, go deeper, go deeper, and you'd be surprised the fruit that comes out of it. Yeah, so, so we just did this exercise. I had no idea we were going to do this. I saw the piece of pizza, I moved it around, and then Cookie Monster came in with the pizza before you said the second thing. Okay. And so that's why I said it so fast, because I'm like, wait, I'm already seeing Cookie Monster. Yeah. And then I thought, well, that's really weird that I'm seeing Cookie Monster. And then... And then do you heard what he said, right? He said, well, there's probably something deeper. And immediately the rest of that came to my mind, yeah. right? Do you see that? It wasn't some trick. It wasn't like something that we rehearsed or anything like that. It was just, Lord, and I was just like, Lord, why is Cookie Monster in my head? Besides the fact that I grew up with Sesame Street, so he's going to speak my language, right? Yeah. I'm Mr. Rogers. Oh, don't even get me started. I'll just weep right here, <laughs> right? Because that's how God speaks to me. Yeah. So he speaks through things that I can relate to. And so, final thought? There was a final thought, but it just... Did it go away? Um, as, as quickly as sometimes they come I in. I think um, belief is such a key. Like, like a key opens doors in the natural realm. Belief opens doors in the supernatural realm. And doubt is kind of like dirt over there. But desire... It's like the shovel, okay? So if you desire this, you want to grow in hearing God's voice, just like, just ask. Like, he's such a good dad to give us good gifts. He says, like, you ask for this thing, I'm not going to give you something else. You know, I think a lot of people have this fear of being deceived or whatever. And um, I love Bill Johnson says, like, you know, the way they train bankers to, um, to know what a counterfeit dollar is, is they they don't show them counterfeit dollars, right? They, they show them actual real dollars and it trains them. Like, you know, like, you know, God, you've, you've, you've been reading his word and you're going to know if something comes in your head, that's not him. And that's what we're training you on too. So, um, the thing that really helped me was I just went on a 30 day journey of like someone challenged me. He's just like, whatever you think God's saying, just do it for 30 days. Just like, it's always a green light. Just like go and do it. And uh, he'll put up a red light if it's a red light. And I did that. And it just changed my life where it was just like, life is just so much more exciting when you just go. 
So there it is. So part of you learning was actually just following the impression. We talked about that last week, right? If you feel like this, this might, this is, this is just a thought, a spontaneous thought that lights upon my mind. I'm just going to go do that, especially if it lines up with Scripture. It's going to go love somebody, or it's going to encourage them, or bear the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. You just go for it. Yeah, and you learn so much from going. You don't know if you don't go. If you don't, like, ask someone, hey, is your dog's name Sparky? Like, I've done that, and, like, it's been a no, you know, and it's okay to swing and miss, you know? Um, so it's like awkward when you ask your waitress, like, hey, is your cat named this? She's like, why do you ask? I'm like, ah, don't worry about it. (laughs) Like, it's fine. Like, no, no, you know, most people we interact with in life will never see again, right? Like, you're at the airport, you'll never see this person again. It's it's okay, experiment, but you don't know unless you try. And then when you give someone a word to, like, I also just write it down, like, in my phone, and I follow up on it. If it's like, hey, I feel like this thing's gonna happen in six months, I write it down, so I hold myself accountable to check in on that, because that helps you learn, wow, like, I got this right, I got this off, like, you learn. And then yep. you build confidence yep. in it over time, but you gotta just try. Yep. Here's my final thought to you. So I think I'm the one that you had a word for, because I'm 52 years old. I was 30, 22 years ago. So I'm gonna be praying about, Lord, what is it in my 30th year, which was the year 2000, it was the year that my son was born, what was it that I was dreaming about that I've lost track of? So How old's your son? He's 22. 22. Okay, that's the number I heard. So, yeah. Yeah, thank you, Jesus, that you're speaking. Yep. New dreams in this season, new dreams. I feel like I'm supposed to use the carpet as my, as my you know, thing. God's going to speak to me through this. I just feel like, you know, the, there's, there's been like this, uh, this wall around this thing, but God has this army. You see all these people? Boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. See that? He's just put an army in you, Andrew, an army of dreams. And I see this dreams actually breaking out of this wall. This is actually uh, not a wall, it's a ramp. And there's going to be a level up in this next season, a level up in this next season for you to just release dreams, but they're not all you. They're the people, they're like the seeds that you've planted in this last season that are going to go out into the world and impact generations. Seeds that are born in your, in your son, your daughter's but seeds are born in this room, sons and daughters of this house. So we just declare that over you, Andrew. Thank you, Jesus, for this man, for dreams coming alive in this season. Amen. 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 See, you guys okay. can use carpets to hear the voice of God. This is crazy. He's always speaking. There's two terms for the Word of God in the Word of God. Uh, one is logos, and the other is rhema. Logos generally is the content of our Bibles. It's what we've been studying for really the last two series have all been about understanding the big picture of our logos word and understanding how to then divide it rightly or to interpret it correctly. And this last series about inductive Bible study and learning this skill. Um, and we need both these things. We need both the logos and the rhema in order to move forward in this life. So we've touched on stillness and we've touched on dreams. Yesterday morning, I was dead asleep. It was about 5.30 in the morning. And immediately I sat up in bed, just because I heard the, the voice of what I thought was my wife saying, good morning. 
Now, if you're married, it's that voice that your spouse has that's like they've got an expectation for you to do something. And they're not really saying, get out of bed, it's time, but they're really saying, get out of bed, it's time. Good morning. It's not mad, it's just like forceful. Like, what are you doing in bed? And it was so real that I sat up and I looked around, dead quiet. And I'm thinking, okay, if that was, and I almost spoke back, like, yeah, what is it? But then I thought, I don't think that was my wife, even though it sounded like my wife. So I just sat there, sitting straight up in bed, waiting for the next thing to happen. Nothing happens. Everyone is asleep. And I thought to myself, all right, Lord, you've got my attention. I'm awake. I'm wide awake. I mean, not that I need four cups of coffee and then I'm going to feel better. Like, I'm awake right now. And that's a miracle for me. Lord, what is it? So as I began to just pray, Lord, show me what you want me to do. I felt like he started saying, there's this event happening at the church today. And you were going to go down sometime this morning. You need to get up now because the prayer assignment starts for you right now. I'm like, oh, it's on. This is a big deal. Okay. All right. Let's get up. Let's get a shower. Let's get going. So all the way in, just praying, 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 getting here. Solved some technical problems, encouraged our technical people, encouraged Sarah Kane, my assistant, who actually was one of the speakers, got a chance to pray for her. The Lord just had me on assignment. So I was sitting in my office praying for stuff because guys have to stay away while the women are meeting. And then the Lord just went, okay, you're done. Okay, I guess I'll just pack up my stuff and go. And all done meaning like it just like the the burden was lifted. Like, oh, I guess I'm done now. I didn't pray for four hours ago, Lord, are you really saying I'm done? Do I need to start fasting? Nope. I just trust the impression. All right, I'm going to pack up my stuff. And away I went with the rest of my day. I share that story because the Lord is so funny. He will oftentimes have you experience something that you're about to teach about. Because this morning, my plan, and still my plan, is to talk about this little boy named Samuel, who's awakened by the Lord in the night with a word. 1 Samuel 3 reads this way, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. Eli is the high priest. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare And there were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. So what's happening here? We've got Eli, who is the high priest. He has two very wicked sons. And I mean wicked who are serving underneath him. Hophni and Phinehas are their names. You can just tell by their names. Hophni and Phinehas. They sound wicked. That's probably not fair, but they are wicked. Eli is not really shepherding his sons. This is happening underneath his nose. It is not good. So you have 
these two sons on one side and Samuel being raised as a son on the other. Samuel is not Eli's natural born son. He's the son of Hannah who has given him to be in the service of the Lord. But Eli is effectively fathering him. And there is an incredible contrast between the purity of heart of this boy Samuel and Hophni and Phinehas, who are taking advantage of women sexually and stealing money and taking, um, taking the sacrifices and taking them for themselves. Just horrible abuse of power and sin. And yet Samuel is this younger boy who is growing up. And yet this is not a time when there are prophets giving the word of the Lord in the Old Testament. It's a very quiet season. And so here they are. They're, they're staying in these little compartments around the tabernacle near where it's not like he's laying next to the Ark of the Covenant, by the way. That wouldn't have been that wouldn't have happened. But he's in a compartment very close by, mostly because he needs to serve Eli. Eli can't see very well, needs a little help. And so Samuel's sleeping lightly because he's expecting to hear the voice of his father, the father in his life, Eli, and expecting that he might need to serve. And so one night, he's lying in his usual place where the ark of God was. Verse 4, then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You called me? But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me? My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. But let's stop right there. He's not somebody who's used to hearing God's voice. This is all new to him. You might kind of relate to him in that way. It might be new to you too. And the word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me? Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Verse 10, the Lord came and stood there. Oh, it's even better than the Lord speaking. He's actually standing in the presence of Samuel. Please, Lord, let that happen to me someday. Calling as the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And then the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. And he goes on to give a prophecy about what will happen to the house of Eli. And the fact, it's a very hard word to hear. If this is the first time you hear from God and it's talking about the downfall of this house, it is a hard word to receive for Samuel. What's the point? Samuel's greatest revelation comes in the context of rest. Samuel's not sitting there going, God, you got to speak to me. I'm going to 
strive really hard because if I work harder, you're going to speak to me. Just going to lay there and you're going you're gonna to speak. Why? Because God's a God who has always been speak, speaking. He's always been sharing his heart with us. And so how do we still ourselves? How do we get to a place where we can hear what God has to say? Because it is about fixing our eyes on Jesus, our ears to heaven, listening to what he has to say. I loved what Kayla said. She said she was in worship, right? In the midst of a context of worship, the Lord began to speak and move and work and giving you gifts. And I've experienced the same thing. Oftentimes with worship music in the background or even in a time like this in a meeting, the Lord begins to show me things, show me pictures of things or highlight people to pray for. Well, maybe I don't know whether, what I should do with them. I just see them and I think, well, all I know is I can pray, so I'm going to pray for them. That's the first step. Then the Lord begins to reveal more. So in the Bible, we see some of these men and women of faith, this is how they get in tune with listening to God's voice. This is Elisha. Now bring me a harpist, he says. And while the harpist was playing, the hand of the Lord came on Elisha and he said, this is what the Lord says. And he goes on to give the word. We see the same with David as well. So there's something about worship and music that oftentimes can tune our ears to hear heaven. I see it also in the New Testament here in Acts 13. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them, which was missionary work, cross-cultural work. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. So there is something about creating space. And it is true as you walk with Jesus more and more and you learn this, like Stephen said, your ear gets tuned and you can hear quicker. But for some of us, it's important to set a stage so that we can hear God's voice. And worship is really helpful, not for just me, but also these people in the Bible. I was thinking about C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis creates this land called Narnia. And there are thin places between this world and Narnia, where when the kids, the four Pevensey kids are on the platform for the underground in Prince Caspian, all of a sudden they go from standing on the platform to standing on a beach in Narnia. And I think that there are moments in this world where there are thin places the Celtic Christians would talk about heaven being only about three feet over our heads and that there are sacred places where it's almost paper thin between where I am and where God is. So sometimes we need to seek out places that are thin places, that are places that are easier to hear God's voice. Jesus did this. Jesus in Luke 5. The news about Jesus spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and be healed of their sicknesses. Jesus, everybody needs you. Need to do, need to do more stuff, Jesus. What does Jesus do? Verse 16, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. He went to the Eremos, the 
It's the Greek word for wilderness. He went to quiet places where he could hear his father, where his identity could be reinforced by God, his father. And he prayed. Where are the places that you've gone where it's easiest to sense God there? I won't even say hear his voice, because that might seem, that's too much of a jump for you. So let's just say you sense this, there's something powerful. This is a thin place. Places like places where it's snowing. You actually have a lot of access to snow right now. Maybe 20, 30 minutes up the road, safely. There's something about being in the snow. It's so quiet, so beautiful. You could sense God's presence there. The sea. The redwoods. And any sunset on any day. And I'll add sunrise because I've been getting up early lately. I also find thin places in sacred places, like churches and this cathedral, which is in Ireland. Historical places where I know God has moved in the past and where his faithfulness is shown through buildings and through memories and stories. Through friends who share with me openly who they feel like I am. They affirm my identity because they're listening to what the Holy Spirit says. And yes, through livestock and agriculture. Sometimes you just need a kiss from a goat to realize how God is close to you. And God will speak to you. Two weeks ago, I was feeding one, one sheep with, uh, with one hand, and there was another sheep biting me literally in the rear end. And the Lord was saying, this is your job. Isn't it amazing how the smallest of things, what the Lord was saying is it's okay. It's okay, sometimes the sheep bite but you still feed them, right? That's a powerful picture that I learned on the farm. Here is this critical little point this morning. We still ourselves, whether it's in the moment or for minutes or hours in a space to hear what God has to say. And why is this important? Because when we receive a rhema word from God, it's good for the rest of our life. When you receive a rhema word, it's good for the rest of your life. Now, it could be a directional word, like I want you to go and pray for that person or whatnot. And you think, well, that's not a for the rest of your life. The concept is for the rest of your life. Because you will see that God is speaking, and when you step out, he will show you how he's speaking. But more often, as we heard from Joy, she received this word. It's going to change the way she lives for the rest of her life. So you have motivation to listen for the rhema words of God, not just because of the moment, but because God, when he shares something with you, he pulls it forward and he can continue to use it season after season after season. So I'm going to have my friend Chuck Perhota come up and I want him to share out of this stillness where he heard, he heard what God was saying and not only did it bear incredible fruit for that time frame, what, 55 years ago, but he can, God continues to pull it forward for Chuck. So I love that. So Mr. Buddy, share with us. 55 years ago, 
I had the privilege of enjoying an all-expense-paid trip to beautiful Southeast Asia. And... <clears throat> Some of them got it. You know, the gifts from God. But God had a reason for that. He had something for me that only that experience could place me in a place where I could experience a really hard thing. Because he wanted to come in and give me a word. Actually, a few words. So, I was a young Christian, <clears throat> and I was pulling guard one night, and it was very dark, and there was a sense of oppression that came over me that was almost physical, and some of you have felt that, um, and I realized there are bad guys out there, or actually, I was a bad guy too, in their eyes, anyway. They wanted to do me great bodily harm, take me out, or at least severely wound me. And I went, but, and I've got 11 months to go. How, how do I ever live through this? And a word came. A word came. I had not known this scripture before. And it was, my grace is sufficient for this day. My grace. So you go over to Second Corinthians twelve, and Paul is struggling with thorns in the flesh. And this is what he says Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take away from me, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient. Therefore, is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Now, I didn't hear that last part, but that oppression went away, and I was free. I was free. And I had the greatest Boy Scout outing for the next year, flying around in helicopters. Oh, and yep, periodically people were shooting at me. And I saw a lot of hard things, but God's grace was sufficient. And so I came home free. Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that you have been set free. Therefore, love those therefores, do not put back on the yoke of slavery. Oppression was slavery. And so that was an awesome time. That was 55 years ago. Most of you weren't even born then. And as Andrew was talking about the gift, the gift that keeps giving, that is a gift that keeps, so we jumped 20 years and I had met this amazing woman, Catherine Crapuchettes. <laughs> True story. That really True, was her last name. That was her last she name. She was so happy to marry into Prohoda. Yes. Although one grandfather, whose name was Evan, said, well, you're changing it, but not making it much better with Prehoda. <laughs> 20 years. 20 years, we had a couple of girlies. And we were down in Orange County. I was down for a conference. And 
Catherine woke up and said, I don't feel right. There's something not right. Well, that was the beginning of a two-year adventure into deep depression for her to the point where she had to be hospitalized. God had prepared my heart with that scripture. My grace is sufficient for this day. And that was all I could do was to think about this day. And you know what? God was faithful. God was faithful. And I think that verse is applicable every day. My grace is sufficient for today. You don't necessarily know what's going to happen, or sometimes you do and you're dreading it, or you're incredibly looking forward to it. But two weeks ago when the panel was here, it caused me to think back to that. And um, I, I am so blessed because that has lived in my life and it is proven to be true in the great times and God has blessed us amazingly in our life together in our ministry with high school and college students and he has created in this lovely woman that he has given me a woman who so understands oppression and depression and can minister to those young women that God has given her because she has lived through that and seen the faithfulness of God and worked through it with the help of so many dear folks. So God is faithful in 1 John 4, I think it is. It says, perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love. And who is the one that has perfect love but only God? And so... Um, but God had to take me to a place that, that was hard so that I could hear his voice. And that was the beginning of, that was the beginning of my hearing God. The journey. The journey, yeah. Great. Thanks so much, Chuck. Um, yeah, if the Lord gives you a word, um, he will pull it forward and he will continue to speak that word. So for me, I got a word. One time I was in a staff meeting and I was praying and I felt like the Lord said, you will lead a ministry of honor. And I thought, oh, I'm going to do senior adult ministry. Okay, because you just honor your elders. But the Lord began unpacking for me in that season as a youth pastor. This was the key to unlock some of the div div dividing, gossipy stuff and everything shifted and we saw God's blessing. And since then, God just continues to put me into places where I bring honor to every situation. It's a word that has shaped me for my entire life. And we're believing that some of the words that the Lord shared with you or the pictures for Kurt will be something that will shape his life as well. Michael, you're back with some results. I'm back. I'm going to invite Kurt to come on up. Um, hey, a couple things when we're talking about hearing the voice of God while he's coming. Um, one of my favorite things that we teach in our ministry school is uh, this principle Jesus mentioned twice in Matthew, which is those who have will be given more and they will have an abundance, but those who do not have even what they have will be taken from them. And so I encourage you on this journey, don't do what I did and say, I don't hear God. 
Because that really messed me up for a lot of years. I did hear God. I just didn't hear him the way I wanted to or as frequently as I thought I should. So um, just lose the I don't have and God doesn't do for me thing. And just lean into, even if it's few and far between, he is speaking to us. He is the living word. It's pretty hard somebody who's called the living word to not be saying something. We just have to figure out where and what he's speaking. So this is Kurt. How many of you guys know Kurt Wilkins? His lovely wife, Veronica, down here. Uh, They're good friends of ours, a blessing in our lives. So this is kind of fun to get to do this with you. Thanks for saying yes. Um, yeah, it's until the Lord heals my eyes, I'm doing glasses. Yes. Um, so Kurt, uh, apparently my son heard that you are fun and that's true. Everybody know Kurt? He loves Mm -hmm. fun. That's right. Right. Um, you are a gentle giant. You are faithful and patient and kind and talented. You will be a tree firmly rooted that gives shade to others a strong man of God. Yours is the heart of a warrior. You are like a rose by the sea. Jesus is your strong tower, a place of refuge for the righteous and for the lost to run into. And you bring the safety net of Jesus to, the, to others, to those who are lost and to who are righteous both uh, when they fall. It's true in your home and it's true of your coworkers. Um, God's heart is longing to draw near to you. He is your light in the darkness, drawing you, welcoming you. He is your fountain of living water springing up for you. And this one's cool. Uh, Someone saw or had the thought of a bowling analogy and said, there's a situation um, like a split in your life that feels impossible to get a strike, but you have two opportunities and not just one. And the Lord says that he's got bumpers for you. In the same way that God says that you are patient and kind and a strong place for others, he is wanting to be that encouragement for you, that he is patient and kind for you. And he will be your strong tower and your protector, your light in a dark time. Uh, Another person saw a microphone and a face singing and then a lightning bolt and said, there's power in your worship. Um, And there is an invitation. There was several things that were repeated in different ways. Light, living water, fountain, um, strength, tower, themes uh, throughout. But uh, as part of one of those things, someone saw a light that was drawing you and it was welcoming you. And God's... uh, just inviting you to lean into truth, which is light, uh, because there's clarification for you and things that seem hidden right now that he wants to speak to you about. So, man, bless you. I felt like it was all pretty good. How do you feel? Definitely encouraging. So, um, oh, I have my own, I have my own mic. Get which word there was, but it reminds me of what I texted earlier this week about, uh, you know, prayer is supposed to be like the steering wheel in our life, not the spare tire that we go to when one of them blows out. And I think that's definitely an area that 
goes in cycles in my life because I'm fiercely independent and just put one foot in front of the other and that's an area that I continue to try to grow in. So, Great. Hey, real quick. Um, yesterday I went for a bike ride and I passed a friend of mine uh, who was out for a walk and I, as I rode by, I had this thought, oh, I wonder if the Lord has something to share with him. And apparently at the same time he was asking the Lord some questions, I didn't know. So I circled back around and I said, hey, I just passed you. Felt like the Lord says, listen to your heart. I know that I feel like you're trying to hear from the Lord right now. Uh, and he just wants you to know, listen to your heart. He has your heart. And he said the same thing to me personally this morning, the Lord did when I was brushing my teeth I felt like he said, just listen to your heart. And I just want to, I felt like that was something I was supposed to share this morning with us. Sometimes we're so busy trying to hear words in our head, but we've been made one with God. And so sometimes they come as first person thoughts. They sound like us, but they, they come from somewhere else, not as like a conscious thought that we work through, but they come from in here. And that is something that I just want to encourage us to really trust and, and learn to lean into. Because sometimes it's like, oh, I want to say, or I wish I could do. And that's him pulling you towards something that he wants to do in our lives. So good. bless you guys. It's good. If you'd stand with me, I'm going to close uh, the service. Prayer folks, if you'd come down forward, we're going to offer prayer down here. And uh, specifically, just ask the prayer folks to be listening to what the Holy Spirit has to say and share it with you. Um, thank you for participating today, and um, Lord, thank you that your voice is always speaking. You always are drawing us closer to your heart. I pray that you would make us discerning people, that we would recognize when it's our thoughts and your thoughts and the thoughts of the enemy, and help us to test and measure those against your written word. Thank you, God, that you're always speaking. You're always pulling us in. I choose. I choose to be pulled in by you. So I bless this family, this congregation, meeting here and on the stream. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, great. Well, we'll see you next week.